To Ernest Goes to Podcast, Ernest Extra Number Nine, even more scared stupid. I'm Aaron. This is David. Hey, everybody. What's happening? Still doing some Halloween stuff here. Hey, it's almost Halloween. Timely. I'm excited. <laughs> what are you going to be? I'm going to dress as Daredevil. I may have to be Ernest. <laughs> You're really taking that hit for the team. Well, <laughs> I, I guess, guess I will. Well, I guess it's up to me. A woman's work is never done. <laughs> Well, Dave, we had a very lively and very mind-blowing discussion about Ernest Scared Stupid last week. We did. It was almost as if my head was like a troll's head that explodes at the end of a children's movie. <laughs> it exploded with earth-shattering revelations about Ernest's true genius. I shouldn't have drank all that milk beforehand. I'm still wiping away tears. From I know. Her, and I'm still like hopelessly in love with Ernest Scared Stupid Ernest. <laughs> so, yes, everyone listen to that if you haven't. I'm my favorite discussion yet, probably. Sweet. That's cool. And longest, of course. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> uh, yep. But of course, there's still more to discuss. Yeah. I mean, we've got a couple of extras here. We got a couple of articles. There's some things we hadn't mentioned that we wanted to. So let's get to it. We've got extras within this extra. Yo, dog, I heard you like extras. <laughs> so put some extras in your extras. <laughs> Well, I mean, if we want to start at the beginning, uh, the beginning of this film has a title sequence, and I actually now had a chance to read the Art of the Title interview with Barbara Lazuski, our favorite Ernest Company title design person. That's right. Barbara Lazuski designed the titles for Ernest Scared Stupid. So this is a very good interview. Uh, just um... I have some issues with the tenor of the interviewer, because there's a part that says, not surprisingly, the 1991 film received mostly negative reviews. I'm just like, okay, hold on a second. I Okay, I saw that also and I was like what do you mean not surprisingly <laughs> yeah, but let's... it is not surprising to be fair here's what the article says before the actual interview yes though generally regarded as lowbrow entertainment the Ernest movies featured a peculiar mix of physical comedy puns as well as numerous references to classic films so they appreciate on some level it's not surprising because it is generally regarded as lowbrow entertainment I suppose that's sort true. of it, it feels to me like we could say that Yes, yes. If we were being generous, then we should be. Um, and also in this opening description, uh, just a quick correction. I referenced The Brain That Wouldn't Die as one of the clips from the old movies. You're totally wrong, man. It was The Brain from Planet Arrows, That's obviously. true. The Brain That Wouldn't Die is the woman's head in a plate from a right. Mystery <laughs> Science Theater. The head that wouldn't die. So here, Barbara Lazuski just talks about how she came on board to the whole Ernest franchise. She said she worked for Cardin and Cherry at the advertising agency as an assistant art director. Cool. And Makes sense. once they started Haver and It's Ernest... She was asked to work on the show titles. And of course, they won a daytime Emmy for That's the titles true. in that show. And then after that, she worked on a lot of the movie titles. And she actually is the one that chose the public domain footage. Oh, cool. I didn't realize that there's like a flash frame of a dude in the title sequence. That's kind of weird. Apparently, yeah, there's a flash of a dude that's not Ernest in the titles. They have a screenshot of it if you guys want to check it out. But yeah, she talks about the ripple effects being made by shower glass. This is still an era where there's a lot of like... In-camera effects. Yeah, pre this is still pre-computers yeah. for the most part. I also like she says a thing talking about the B-movie clips in particular. She says, quote, It was hard to find public domain ones that were suitable. Disney's legal department was all over that. Because of the restrictions, the clips are really cheesy which makes it all the better and i think that's an interesting point just in the way that like when we were talking about ernest saves christmas having restrictions on what you're doing can sometimes oh, yeah. actually help improve the final product well you tend to have to be more creative with Absolutely. restrictions and that tends to help yep and she actually directed the live action bits which is Jim oh, Barney cool. reacting. Yeah. So they, of course, they ask, what's it like to work with Jim Barney? Because everyone asks that of sure. everyone that has ever worked with Jim Barney. Oh, yeah. And the answer is always, of course, great. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, her word is fabulous. He didn't need a lot of direction, she says. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> 
really. But yeah, that's a cool article. We've also got an article from the author's den. It was published in Celebrity News in Mount Airy. This is the summer of 1991. And we should say that this art of the title thing is recent, but what you're about to read is mm-hmm. from when it came out. So. Uh, this is just... So I feel like on this podcast often, there's two things that you ask of our guests. One is, I need you to agree with me that Ernest is not dumb. I just ask them if Ernest is dumb. The answer is no. And two, is Jim Varney attractive? And Did I? Yes, that did happen. Okay, well, I don't know. What does that have to do with this article, David? Uh, this is this is a... <laughs> This is a person after your own heart, I will say. Well, this reporter visited the set of Ernest Scared Stupid while they were shooting. And can I just say, jealous. Yeah, it starts out, tiny people, hairy boots, strange costumes, and I hadn't met Ernest yet. So she's seeing the troll attack. Sure. She's seeing the garbage pail kid troll scene. <laughs> like, the best day to be there. Oh, yeah. I wonder if she was there for the baseball bat to the face. Well, she may have been, because she continues. When it comes to Jim Varney, the man behind Ernest P. Worrell, what you see is not what you get. I'm an L-U-V. <laughs> then it continues, what sane woman would say that about Ernest? <laughs> what woman indeed. Whatever. Pause for I mean, whatever. Comedy. No, no, no. As, as we've often said, whatever. This, this is not a podcast about you needing to justify anything. <laughs> I don't have to explain myself to you. So what else is in that cool article? Well, then she says, stop for a second. When I say I'm an L-U-V, besides taking and paraphrasing the line from Ernest Goes to Jail... She's a van. My intentions are purely artistic. My Uh husband and Jim Varney's helpful wife might get upset if I didn't clarify things. But something about a character actor is much more appealing than any of today's box office glamour stars. It takes a fertile mind to make the public believe in earnest craziness. Fertile. I know what you mean. Erin is attempting to wink, but she's sort of just blinking madly. What? I'm winking. I have a question about that statement. Jim Varney's helpful wife? I'm assuming she arranged this set visit or interview. Oh, I see. That makes sense. It's just such like a weird descriptor. It's like, oh, Jim, your wife is so helpful. (laughs) And then she says, I observe the many complicated layers that make up Jim Varney, the man behind Ernest. After this experience, I felt it was time to dispel a few prevailing misconceptions about the man behind the face. Is number one going to be Jim Varney's not attractive? (laughs) That's number two. Number two actually says, like Ernest, this is the misconception, like Ernest, Varney is ugly. Jim explained, I have a rubber face. I work at that cartoon look. He he works at it. He's the hardest working man in Hollywood. As far as physical appearance, what you see is what's there. Yet his thinness is lean in person. His wiriness is more masculine, less klutzy, when not coupled with Ernest's mental ineptitude. And overshadowing everything else... Varney has two wonderful features which, as Ernest, are obliterated by the lunacy. It's like Varney left has... bicep and right bicep. <laughs> Varney has thick, wavy brown hair okay. with a few streaks of gray at the front, and his eyes are bluer and longer lashed than any man has a right to own. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> this is... First of all, who is this wonderful person? Because I, <laughs> like this is a woman after my own heart. She That's went exactly to the set of Ernest Scared Stupid and then wrote an article about how Jim Varney is hot. Yeah. You cannot beat that. She talks about how he's hot for a while. <laughs> she fell in love. Yeah. What's that like, Erin? Uh, frustrating, David. <laughs> <laughs> she goes on to say that too, actually. This oh, is geez. a frustrating article. What did Jim Varney's helpful wife think about all this? 
Uh, probably business as usual, I'd imagine. Mm. Well, here's misconception number one. Okay. Like Ernest, Varney is a redneck. No, he informed me with determination he was a Hill William from Lexington, Kentucky. He said Hill Williams are people with indoor toilets. <laughs> I do like the phrase Hill William. I'm pretty sure Hill William is not a thing. That's, and it's just something fine. that Jim Varney made up and told her. That's fine. If anyone me. has ever heard anyone say Hill William besides Jim Varney, let, Let us know. know. But I, I mean, J- Lexington is the second largest city in Kentucky. I mean, that sounds like a pretty, like, charming, like, yeah, funny, very, like, yeah. stock answer to, like, oh, so you're, like, yeah, a redneck guy, right? No, more of a Hill William. Yeah, it's very, it's I like it. freaking adorable. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, wait, who, who, who thought this? Here's misconception number three. Like Ernest, Varney only wears jeans, gray t-shirt, jean vest, and cap. No uh, one thought that. Yeah, yeah. There's more and more of them. The other ones are, like Ernest, Varney is simple, stupid. Like Ernest, Varney is funny without thought. Like Ernest, Varney has one emotional expression, dumbfounded disbelief. Okay. So some of these Hang misconceptions on. Less are, after my own heart. Yes. Well, some of these misconceptions are not only about Jim Varney, they're but misconceptions they're also about just like Ernest. incorrect about Ernest. Yeah. Like, that's not accurate. Yeah. He, he has, has way he has more, more than, than one, one expression. emotional expression. Yeah, absolutely. And he is not stupid. I mean, to be fair, she hadn't seen this movie yet as it was still being made. And, also, and hadn't seen the breadth of his genius in true. Ernest Scared Stupid. But still, I mean, it also says somewhere in here, Ernest, the character, is not adept at subterfuge. He wouldn't even know what that word means. Not true. Yeah, that's... He would totally know what subterfuge means. Or maybe he would say it wrong. But, like, he's not low vocabulary. Ernest E. World, man of destiny, ruler of refuse. A man who has taken dominion over his environment. A brilliant innovator in the fertile field of recycling. He's the opposite of low vocabulary. So this, you know, you're driving me nuts, world. <laughs> I can't take you anymore. To to prepare for this uh, extra, we went through our notes from watching Ernest Scared Stupid again, and oh. and one of my notes that I think you appreciated was just from the beginning of the film, and what I wrote was: Legend has it that Phineas's descendants would get dumber and dumber and dumber. Cut to Ernest having invented some sort of complex machinery. <laughs> yeah. Because he's dumb. Ah, uh, Ernest. You know, I'm not worried about dispelling the, the misconceptions about Varney. I'm worried about dispelling the misconceptions about Ernest. I mean, I think that's why we're here. That is exactly why we're here. Yeah. I mean, but we all we both have to explain, yes, Jim Varney is hot. For the record, everybody. I'm glad there's more than one person out there to set the world straight. Sure. But yeah, this uh, this article is pretty interesting. It's titled, Look, Vern, it's Jim Varney. We will link it. Cool. It talks about Jim Varney visiting children's hospitals during... Oh, yeah. goes to jail. Some nice stuff. She just says, of all of everyone I've interviewed, Jim Varney is the least like his on-screen persona. You mean Jim Varney in real life is not an unkillable <laughs> cartoon? I mean, I, I, I guess I'll have to take this woman's word for it. You know, it's funny that you have to say that, but you do kind of have to say that. But for all of Ernest's cartooniness, Jim Varney makes him like, oh, yeah. a human character. He's totally believable. So, yeah, like, I get it. This woman actually walked out of this thing bewildered, and which I love. She says, I walked out of filming during the second day. It was obvious that I'd learned all I was going to learn about the real man. He was going to hide the rest. He stressed to me that he was nothing but a simple man. I left shaking my head. One thing was for certain. When it comes to Jim Varney, never, ever believe what you see or hear. Tate necessarily so. I, I do, I know what she mean. Like, as a fan, if you look at Jim Varney, Jim Varney's just a, you know, a mystery. Mm-hmm. Enigmatic, you could say. Yeah, especially now that he's gone, of course. Absolutely. It's like, it, he's a contradiction like Ernest. Simple and complicated at the same time. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, a good way to put it. Actually, one thing I like is like, at some point she says, anyone who talks to Jim Varney any longer than a minute can't help but be amazed, even dizzy, trying to follow his intricate thought processes. 
That sounds kind of like earnest to me. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. And it also sounds like she's like mid swoon. So maybe she that, is, yeah. She is. She totally is. In one example of the constant facts he can and does recount in rapid fire and just because he can. Walking encyclopedia. He explained in painstaking detail all about the San Andreas Fault, where it was, how it came about. He gave me an unsolicited, full-fledged geography lesson. Yeah, that's nothing like Ernest, an unsolicited yeah. lesson. On she patted him on the shoulder and walked away. <laughs> he as put he on continued. different costumes. Yeah. We're the San Andreas Fault and you're not. There are some things in it's Ernest that, that, that head, he borrows from Jim Barney. That head Venn diagram that Absolutely. we still need to make. We're not saying that Jim Barney was Ernest. I'm just saying Ernest has a few things in, in him common. that come from Jim Barney. Absolutely. I feel like it'd be impossible not to. Yeah. So that's fun. Um, uh, kudos to that lady for seeing the hotness of Jim Barney. And, and, uh, <laughs> she was ahead of her time. <laughs> and, uh, and lucky for her seeing the arms in person. All right, settle. But he's not stupid. Have we ever talked about like a thesis for this podcast? Because it's, it's not, we're not well, really. This is it. This is our 30 hour thesis. Well, let's sum up our exploration of Ernest. I don't know. We got to start thinking about it. I know. Spoiler alert. I might have already started thinking about it. And I have some notes that I will share with you in our final episode. Nice. Yep. You know, speaking of the misconceptions in this article. Yep. One of them is like Ernest, Varney is a redneck. And actually, it did stand out to me that I think Ernest Scared Stupid is the first time I'd actually heard somebody call Ernest a redneck. Yeah, because they like, call him the Great Redneck Hope. That's true. I feel like I've never explicitly heard that before, and yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and I remember having like a conversation with our guest Nelson about it, where he said that he never really considered Ernest a redneck. He never really thought of him that way. Mm. And I would agree. Thinking about it, Ernest, I suppose you could say he is, but it doesn't really seem to be a major factor in his character. It doesn't seem to factor into anything he does. I guess he like he is, but it's just sort of incidental. I mean, I never really think of him as like a redneck. I think of him as sort of like a working class dude who's like, I, I always think of him as that weird guy in the neighborhood. Yeah. The redneck thing is interesting to me because I think that's such a like a stereotype that maybe that's part of why people bring stuff to Ernest that isn't actually there. Yeah. There's a stereotype like that. They would have low vocabulary. I mean, this isn't fair. You shouldn't say these things about people. You shouldn't Absolutely. label people unless they want to claim a label. But the whole like, oh, Ernest has a low vocabulary and Ernest like, all these things are like obviously not true. Yeah. Maybe that's just because they're kind of labeling him and then bringing everything that comes with the stereotype without actually taking into account the things he's actually doing and saying. I mean, I think we've said this before, but it's like, I know what this is without having yeah, seen yeah. any of it. And that's that's absolutely what it is. It's like, going back to our thesis, we, if we have learned anything about Ernest, it's that there is more there than what is on the surface. Yeah. It's actually almost as if there's some confirmation bias where like... What's that? It's where like you have an idea in your head and mm -hmm. then when you see evidence that kind of supports that... Oh, like when, it, when that, it even vaguely supports you, you're like, oh, I was right. You take that, but then you ignore things that are contradictory to what you thought. So, so like there's a thing where people go into earnest with an assumption and then they will he'll do stupid things and they'll be like, okay, he's stupid. But they like ignore all the things he does that in, they, denote intelligence. They cherry pick based on what they already yeah. thought he was. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of that when yeah. people watch earnest. I can see that. There's a lot of that in life, kids. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Get used to it. This could also be part of the thesis, but earnest is life. Not only is he an everyman, but he is every man. Think Isn't on that, that what every man is? Uh, 
Do we have another cool article <laughs> to look at? I don't know. What else did you want to say about uh, Ernest Scared Stupid? Well, I just had a couple other random thoughts just from my notes that we didn't get to. Same. Um, one of the things that I found really interesting about this movie, especially considering that we watched it after I have seen all these other Ernest things now, mm. is that it is extremely weird to see Daniel Butler playing a normal person. <laughs> yeah. He's not dressed as a tongue. He's not some odd older man He's giving a Ernest a haircut. Barber. Yeah. He's not... Uh, a robot? Yeah. And so I was just like, oh, okay, this is sort of like Daniel Butler, like, ground level. Yeah. That's, that's kind of cool. And it was weird to have him be, like, this major player of a film. Yeah, whereas, it was. Like, just in the sense that, like, oh, I knew this movie from childhood and then went away and, like, did this podcast stuff with you and then come back and it's like, oh, that's that guy that I've been following, yeah, like, yeah. the theatrical journey of for so many episodes. That's a big role for a writer. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he he is a writer, like, first and foremost, I guess, right? In terms well, he's of the... part of the Ernest Brain Trust. Right, right, right. That's first and foremost in anyone's life. Sure. You know, you're always part of the Ernest Brain Trust. That's true. It's a lifetime membership. <laughs> I had some notes about so many little things, like, um, you know how Ernest has all these different characters yep. that he launches into when he's explaining about the Ottoman Empire? I think I know what you're talking about. At one point, he calls Tom and Bobby on the CV radio, yep. and he says, This is serious. I better use my CB voice. Blue leader, this is troll fighter. Blue leader, this is troll fighter. Come on back, how about you? And I'm like, okay, so he has to be different people to do specific tasks. Doesn't he like flip his hat brim up? And he flips his hat brim up so he's now a different person. Sure. But I feel like CV radio voice guy is just not a fully developed character yet. Like (laughs) He's he's workshopping it. Yeah, Ernest is still workshopping. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Once he's fully developed and then he'll have like a name and a costume and lighting. You know, I think you're being a little tongue in cheek, but like Uh I definitely have a phone voice. Uh-huh. Where it's like, hi, this is David, I'm calling. And, you know. Oh, well, yes, everyone has a phone voice. But that's, but it's kind of like taking on like a different character. It's, it's a like, more extreme version of that. Sure, it's an exaggeration. It's like yeah. a cartoony <laughs> exaggeration of what the real world is. You know what was crazy? What? During the fight scene with the trolls, where Ernest is all the different characters, and he is, they're dropping milk on the trolls, and he is like the British guy that we still don't know who he is. Please help us. Now, Tina, every man jack of you. <laughs> and and Auntie Nelda and mm-hmm. Bunny Jeanette and Ace Worrell, fighter pilot. Right. Okay, at some point, Kenny, who is fighting with Ernest, is talking to Ernest as Ace, the fighter pilot, and he says, Ace, the wall. Anybody can whip a troll. Ace, the wall. He calls him Ace. He does? Yes. Oh, I didn't notice that. He calls him Ace. Oh, that's interesting. Right? I heard I said, oh my God. I went back, I listened to it. He definitely says Ace. And I was like, okay. Interesting. So Kenny knows the names of the different Ernest characters. Does he introduce himself as different people to Kenny? Well, which is crazy because in this movie, Ernest never refers to that character by name. No. If I'm like John Q. Citizen in 1991 and I'm coming into this movie, I don't know who Ace Worrell is. No, but Kenny does. That's crazy. I know. I know. It's insane. (laughs) It gets deeper and deeper. This whole podcast, (laughs) this whole podcast thing is going to give me such great material for repeated viewings of this film. I can't even tell you. I also wrote that I appreciated how Ernest enthusiastically decorated his garbage truck with like little Halloween decorations. Oh, yeah. It was reminiscent. Have you seen his house? (laughs) Because it was reminiscent of his Christmas decorations and his taxi. Yep. I just love how enthusiastic he is about the little things in life. Absolutely. Yeah, he he appreciates that stuff. Speaking of appreciating the little things in life, I just wrote the 90s cuts of t-shirts. Does nothing for Jim Varney's arms. Mm. I miss the 80s. <laughs> Boy, I miss the 80s. All right, plinket. 
And if I can just uh, bounce right off that, speaking of 90s, uh, one of the things that I really felt a lot when I was watching this movie was how parallel it felt to another great 90s Halloween movie, Hocus Pocus. Do you know the one I mean? The one that was the other of the three films Nelson's sister watched. Oh, that's right. Yes. With Ernest Scared I forgot about that. It's interesting because both movies have a scene where a party happens in a school auditorium slash gym where the main character interacts with the villain as the villain attempts to just blend in by being in a quote unquote costume. And oh, it, yeah, in this I movie, that does happen. In this movie, it's Trantor, and in Hocus Pocus, it's uh, <laughs> Bette Midler. I mean, the troll tries to blend in for like five seconds. Sure. But this is also, there's also a, an element where that happens after no one believed the main character, especially the parents of the town. Mm-hmm. It, it struck me as like, is this like a 90s thing? Is this a Halloween thing? Is this a Disney thing? Is it some combination of all I those? I think it's a Halloween zeitgeist. I think it's specifically a kids' movie thing. No one ever believes the kids. Sure. And, uh, or in this case, Ernest. Yes, Ernest is both child and adult in this movie. Correct. That, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's weird that we've now entered the 90s with Ernest, and I'm so used to him being in the 80s. He's been in the 80s for so long. Yeah, almost a decade. Goodbye, 80s. I'll miss your t-shirts. Yep. Well, Hocus Pocus and Ernest Scared Stupid is a great double feature. Oh, yeah. And I kind of want to do that. We have to do that. Yeah. We, uh, we didn't talk that much about Tom and Bobby, like the snake oil oh, salesmen that sell Ernest all the troll products. Yep. But at some point, the, when the troll jumps on Ernest's car, he grabs the troll away spray and he sprays it at the troll. Like, But the troll's on the other side of the windshield, so it's not actually hitting the troll. Right. But he sprays it and then the troll like runs away like off screen. And Ernest says, I can't believe it. It worked. I can't believe it. It worked. And I was like, okay, so on some level, he knows that Tom and Bobby are full of crap and scamming him. To me, there's a lot of things that Ernest, on a surface level, seems to not know, but deep down, he really does. Yeah, it's reminiscent of the scene in camp where he knows better than to eat the stuff that Jake and Eddie are uh, cooking up in the kitchen. Or even like knowing that Harmony took the bag or might have aspirations to stealing the bag. Yeah, or knowing that people don't want to be around him. Sure. Ernest just seems like he he he, generally wants to bring the levity, and he's aware of what's going on. I feel like he's aware of more than he lets on. I agree. agree. And that was and that was another example of that to me. Right. And there is a lot in this movie, and in a lot of Ernest's movies, that Ernest is saying so many things that yeah really are worth paying attention to. Oh yeah. You see before you the state of the art troll fighter of tomorrow. This multi-directional unitized high tech fighting machine is salt free, tuna safe, and comes complete with fit. 15 megabytes of double-density wafer-thin alloy forming a virtual reality of modern troll extermination. The movies actually lend themselves to a few viewings. Sure. What's the thing he says in Christmas like that, that you found, and I had never realized it before? Oh, um, stay calm, Tannenbaum, I'll get you out of this. <laughs> yeah. Which is a great line. There's a line I heard in like the third watch of this movie, or maybe it was the fourth. Ernest scared yeah, stupid. So easy to lose count. Actually, there's lots of great little details in this movie that are also worth looking for, just in like the set decoration. Absolutely. I mean, especially with like the Tulip Brother stuff that's yeah. all over the place. And like all the troll stuff. And all the things that Ernest makes the treehouse with. There's actually like a little mailbox with like a little cartoon Ernest. Oh, really? On it, like as if he put a little cartoon version of him on the mailbox. So that people would know whose house it is? Yeah. Ernest, I think we know whose house it is. I, I don't <laughs> think there's any- E on the front. I don't think there's any question as to whose house it is. I wish we had seen his house in this movie. But like, one of the lines I like is he's talking about the troll that he fought. He says, I was just about to lower that coop to grass. Yeah. And then he says, Oh, booger lips, here's- Oh, call time out. So, 
sucker punched me. But then he called time out and sucker punched me. <laughs> That's just such a great like him Ernest, making up a story. Like, well, obviously I played fair. It feels like Ernest's endless optimism. Yeah, I could see that actually happening. Exactly. <laughs> Where the Joel called time out and he was like, oh, okay. I wouldn't say Ernest is gullible, but he does believe he, he does believe the best of people. Yeah, even well, if, he's optimistic. Even if they don't deserve it, even if they are a child soul stealing troll. <laughs> I mean, what else is there to say? This is probably my favorite Ernest movie. Yeah, I would say this is like a close second for me behind Christmas. It's a far better movie than I remember it being. But I think I also saw Christmas more as a kid. Christmas to me is just like so tied to Christmas and it's not like a thing I can watch year round. Oh, true. Which is why if I'm going for the best that can be watched all year round, I'm going to go with Scared Stupid. Well, speaking of Christmas, oh, uh, there's an anecdote. Oh, God. There's an anecdote <laughs> that we should probably relate to the listeners. This is this which is, you know, I've joked before about how we live our lives in a way now that just brings us back around to good podcast content. Yeah. And uh, never was that truer than something that happened last Sunday. Well, okay. So last extra, we were talking about the music and Ernest Goes to Jail. Correct. And you were asking if like- they Thoughtfully. Ever re- and you were asking if they ever released any of the music. Yeah, like, the, like a score or like a, a soundtrack kind of thing. And I said there was probably one for Christmas. Let me, let me set the stage for this. <laughs> So uh, I texted you and I was like, hey, Aaron, there's a present for you. I I just uploaded this. It's uh, in Dropbox. Yeah. And what I had uploaded was I had found the score album, Music by Mark Snow, of course, Mm -hmm. because Destiny. And for uh, For Ernest Saves Christmas. Christmas. And I was like, oh, Aaron will appreciate this. And you immediately texted me back and were like, that's so weird because I also have a present for you. And it was just a (laughs) photograph of the exact same CD I had found. And I was like, hold on, wait a second. How did I not know that you had this? Because yeah. I keep pretty good track of the Ernest merch that you have. Yeah. Just in anticipation of both future podcast content and because gifts are when nice. But I pretty grandly announce when I get Ernest merchandise. Yes. Grandly <laughs> is a is a very polite way to put it. So needless to say, this became some sort of a weird gift of the Magi. It, that's exactly like- <laughs> what I thought. I was like, this is like the saddest gift of the Magi. We both have the same <sighs> we, were both, uh. we were both like... Oh boy! I was like, David's gonna be. So- Wait till I show David. This and, thing. and I was thinking, you know, oh Henry. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so we both independently of each other went and found the promotional Mark Snow release CD of Ernest Saves Christmas music. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. I mean, once I saw that we both had this, I was like, all right, well, now we need to take a picture of both these CDs together to really highlight uh, the insanity that is both of our lives. But yeah, once once we had discovered this insane coincidence, I was just like, I'm so happy right is now. Is it a coincidence? I don't know. Are you saying it was destiny, Aaron? <laughs> I was saying it was typical. It is. It is also that, and it, I mean, it's a cool album. Um, yeah, I mean, I love the music for Saves Christmas. It will be nice to have for Christmas. It is interesting that you called it a promo CD. It does not look like it was ever. Well, it actually says promo sold. CD right on the front. Oh, it says it on the back, I think. Anyway, you said uh, that it looked like it had been released by Mark Snow or someone representing Mark Snow as like promotion just for him as a composer. Yeah, in looking at the CD, it, it looks like a CDR. <laughs> so I was like, okay, maybe this is just like they did like a short run. Yeah. It reminds me of there's actually the guy who did like a lot of music for like the Transformers cartoon, specifically Transformers the movie, Vince DiCola. Okay. He put out like a, a CD of like a lot of like Transformers music and demos and it felt like the same kind of thing where it was like not really for mass purchasable sale. Yeah. Well, it also says on the back, in memory of Jim Varney. Which confused me until which we figured means this out. clearly produced after the year 2000. Yeah, I think we had placed it around like 2002 or three. 2003. But you can find it on 
eBay. I think there are a few copies still there. There's a super expensive one on Amazon that I don't recommend you buy. Find it on eBay. Yeah, exactly. The four of you listening, because that's about <laughs> how many there are. That's how many listeners there are? That's how many copies of the album there are? Both. Oh, no, we have, <laughs> we have a solid fan base, and we should take more opportunities to thank everybody for listening. Yes, we do. And yes, we should. Oh, that reminds me. The last thing we can go over is we actually got a note from uh, one of my friends, Dave Mariel, who listened to our Scared Stupid episode. Thank you. And he says, only 20 minutes into the Scared Stupid episode and it's already great. Thanks. Appreciate it. That movie must have had a run on TBS one summer because I saw it far too many times. There's no such thing. <laughs> still the role I most associate with Eartha Kitt, still call milk Miak, <laughs> and perhaps most commonly, I still say, there's nothing in that tree for me. There's nothing in that tree for me. When someone receives any sort of windfall when I'm around. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a pretty great line. That is great. There's nothing in that tree. And out of context, it makes no sense. So I think yeah, that makes it even better. Yeah. Those yeah. are the best jokes. Cool. The ones that no one gets. Absolutely. Like the fact that the next movie is called Ernest Rides Again. <laughs> yeah, actually. And speaking of, our next episode will be... Ernest Rides Again. Bum, 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 bum. Ernest Rides Again, a film that I have never seen before now. I have some things to say about it. Ideally. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you next time, listeners. Yay. Thank you for listening to Ernest Scared Stupid, especially if you got all the way through our two hours and 20 minutes. They love it. We did our best to keep it concise for you, but there's just so much Ernest. There were revelations aplenty. Yeah. It was like a Halloween bucket full of candy. It was like a volcano. It was. Revelations. Trollcano. Trollcano is not a thing. Let's get out of here. Trollo. You only troll once. Can't argue with that. Trollo. Yep. Hashtag Trollo. Goodbye, listeners. Thanks for listening. Rate, review on iTunes. Subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter. See you next time. Viva LaVarney. Take care, everybody. Happy Halloween. Children cry!